Section 17 of Short Stories from Locomotive Engineers Journal, Volume 52. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Short Stories from Locomotive Engineers Journal, Volume 52 by Various. Why I Did Not Go to College by Donald Chamberlain. I was sixteen years old and still far from being prepared for college. There was no good school near where I lived, and I concluded to hunt up a tutor. Upon inquiry, I learned that there was a clergyman in charge of a little church in a neighboring village who was a classical scholar, and to him I applied. I well remember the morning I went to the parsonage for the purpose. It stood in a goodly-sized yard, and between two trees to which a hammock was swung was a girl dressed as a child but it seemed to me that she had outgrown her habiliments. I asked her if the Reverend Mr. Snively was at home, and she said I would find him in his study. I found a bookworm. He knew enough to prepare me for college, but either he had not the faculty of imparting his knowledge, or I was a dunce, for I learned very slowly. One day I went to the parsonage for a recitation very poorly prepared and finding the girl in the hammock she told me that my tutor her father had been called away on some parochial duty i told her that i was not disappointed for i did not know my lesson she asked what i was studying and when i told her it was latin she said that perhaps she might help me she made room for me beside her in the hammock and opening my textbook virgil i began to construe the girl helping me in the parts that i was unable to get over after that, I went to my recitations in advance of the appointed hour, in order to be tutored by Louise before going to her father. It was not long before she took her place in the hammock regularly, in order that she might be ready to give me my coaching when I came. While I was ahead of time at the hammock, I soon came to be behind time at the study, and despite Louise's tutoring, I was seldom any better prepared than before I had availed myself of her services. My appearance at Mr. Snively's study growing later and later, he protested, saying that my tardiness interfered with his accomplishing other purposes. I excused myself by saying that my delay was occasioned by an endeavor to prepare myself for my recitation. I would hereafter either come on time or not at all. If I were not on hand five minutes after the appointed time, he was not to expect me. During the week after this arrangement, I was on time twice. The other days, I was studying in the hammock with Louise. Unfortunately, Louise was teaching me love instead of Latin. The next week, fearing that Mr. Snively would give up trying to prepare me for college, and I should thereby be deprived of his daughter's love coaching, I braced up and was on hand for five out of six lessons, but at these times, I sat in the hammock with Louise after instead of before the lesson. In this way, a whole summer passed. One day, when I went to take my lesson, Mr. Sively, after much hemming and hawing, told me that I was no nearer to passing my entrance examinations than when I had come to him. The autumn was coming on, and it was already too cold to sit in the hammock with Louise. I told Mr. Snively that I preferred not to go to college until I was eighteen anyway, and this would give me another year. During the winter, I would go to the best school I could find, and in the spring I would again put myself under his tuition. He did not think much of this plan, but he did not know that I was studying love instead of Latin, 
and the hammock would not be again available until the next spring. As for studying with Louise during the winter, there would be no excuse for that, and since she was regarded by her parents as a child, she would not be allowed to receive visits from one of the opposite sex. But Louise was passing through a period when girls develop very rapidly. During the winter, we managed to meet occasionally, and when the spring opened, I resumed my study of Latin with her father and my study of love with her. I found the latter as easy as the former was difficult. However, I got on better with the Latin the second summer, for I found a literal translation of the Aeneid of the Virgil, which I was studying, and I astonished my reverend preceptor with the elegance of my translations. He said that I was very weak in giving the construction, but quite strong in turning the Latin text into English. When the second summer of my preparation for college came around, Luis and I had both passed the gate of manhood and womanhood, and we began to think of nest building. I found that I had no use for college, but I wanted a home in which to place myself and my mate. We talked the matter over, and both agreed that I would be better fitted for business than a profession, and if I were going into business, I was at the proper age to begin. Dr. Snively agreed with me when I told him that I would make a better businessman than scholar, and commended my decision. All men regret not having received a college education, but one can't have everything. And while some of those who would have been my classmates are struggling lawyers, doctors, or engineers, others are impecunious bachelors without homes. I am prosperous, and having married early, am surrounded with sons and daughters not very far from me in age. End of Why I Did Not Go to College by Donald Chamberlain